This is like a mini skirt. Long enough to cover the important bits, but short enough to keep you interested. That's the best review we could ever get for this. I know. <laughs> the letter N. Hey, yes, you, you're Nicolas Cage syndrome. You know what that is? Is it when you give up creatively on your art and just say yes to any contract you're offered for a movie that is definitely below your uh, talent, but you'll do because you need to afford another Superman comic? Okay. Nicolas Cage syndrome is having the same facial expression no matter what you're feeling. No, that sounds about right, yeah. Uh, August is National Nicolas Cage Syndrome Awareness Month. <laughs> and Uncyclopedia claims that Nicolas Cage's movies will lower your IQ but increase your testosterone. I can imagine that as well. So be careful. Right, so you're Nicolas Cage syndrome. What did you call me? I called you the Natty, Damien St. John. You know Natty. I don't know. Come on, you know, like, you know. A chat. You got Natty dreads, mon. You know, it's, uh, it's... People say that about me all the time. Yeah, it's true. Natty was at, uh, I think, if I remember rightly, it's old English that's been changed via Rastafarian from naughty, as in clumped, yeah. to Natty, as in your dreadlocks all clumped, the more clumped the better, Natty dreads, although that was misinterpreted by the white man Always. and became, you know, something cool. So, like, those are Natty threads, yo. They're, they're wicked oh, cool. I thought you were doing Borat. No, not at all. They so, are nice dreads, Nat. No, it's all, yeah, <laughs> Natty dreads, man. Yeah. You were totes fly yo also it leads to the two words in the <laughs> jamaican dictionary that no matter how you say it will come out sounding jamaican beer can yeah beer yeah, can and this is the new deustertion podcast right what do you think new deustertion is i think it's when you're aroused by someone else's nudity new deustertion is an obsolete term for the day before yesterday oh right so the day before yesterday is uh, is the new deustertion day so that supernatural song the day before yesterday man yeah. should be called the new deustertion man, man. Uh, <laughs> latin for nudius turdius <laughs> that sounds like the worst carry on character doesn't it yeah. <laughs> means that, uh, i can't do this anymore the english noun for sunday by the way in case you're wondering well if we used to say the day before yesterday was the new deustertion day then when did we start using uh, names for our days uh, well the english noun sunday was the first one it comes from around 1250, but uh, around 700, we used to call it Sunandag, meaning Sunday. Oh. So somewhere along the line, someone went, let's uh, use Latin for a bit, nudiestertion, to refer to the day before yesterday. But of course, people would go, is that Tuesday? And they'd go, no, Monday. And then it never really caught on. The Thank God, to be fair. Have you ever heard of the International Fixed Calendar? No. It's made up of 13 months. Wow. Each month has 28 days, never officially adopted by a country, but Kodak used it internally until 1989. Kodak ran on their own calendar. Why? Until the Berlin Wall came down, pretty much. Was that missing month called Geldof? I mean, is it the old Red Dwarf joke? <laughs> the missing month was called Sol, S-O-L, oh. and it ran from June the 18th to July the 15th. They added a month. For what purpose? It's just their own quirky little thing. And that's why Kodak now suffers. Yeah. Hey, where are they now? Up there with Woolworths. There is a word for the day after tomorrow. Do you know what it is? Protestation. Overmorrow. Oh, I like that. That's nice. That sounds like a yeah. Terry Pratchett kind it's of like word. It's like a leapfroggy word. Yeah. This is The Thictionary, a weekly word-based podcast where we ramble through the dictionary, crash through one letter at a time. This week, we're on the letter N. You can join in on Twitter. Quite a few people are doing it now. We've hit 50. Yes, yeah, we hit 50. 50's good. Uh, so join in at Thick Podcast, and uh, you suggest a word with the future letters, and we'll do the homework on it. 
Time for this week's word workout is an anagram of an N-word, Paul Gannon. You've right. got until the end of the podcast and everyone listening at home to unscramble it. Your N-word is swanky or tedium. Swanky or tedium. Swanky or tedium. It's a UK football stadium. Okay. Begins with N. You got to the end of the podcast to give it a go. Good luck. Here we go. Time for this week's big four words. Uh, would you like to go first this time? I think I would, okay, yes. I do think try. I'm going to. Off you go. Uh, the first word I have for you today, I don't know why I'm doing this voice, I will stop, <laughs> is necographer. Necographer. Yeah, okay. what do you think a necographer is? I think that is uh, someone who draws pictures of dead people. Oh, so close. Yeah. So close. It's a person who writes obituaries about the subject of death. Popular usage started in the late 1800s, and let's be honest, 2016 has seen quite a few obituaries of late, and it's become, it's not funny anymore. One, you think, ah. Oh. Two, you think, now that's just cruel. Three, uh, no, I'm not having it. Four, all right, we've done something wrong. Mm. We've upset 2016. The thing I learned as well is that nearly every time an obituary is written, yeah. these things have been written months, maybe even years ago, and just stashed and updated every now and then. There's like a department yeah. in newspapers. We've got one here somewhere for the Queen that we just dig out yeah. and we're ready to go. Congratulations! Do you know what an obituary list is called? Um, Necrology. No. Oh. And despite the fact that people have been dying for millennia, necrology was first used in 1799, which must have been our version of, uh, their version of 2016. Yeah, it must have been like their Oscars ceremony. croaked it. Well, I went to the doctors today and I thought, oh, I'm going to Google my symptoms. And yeah. at, at the very worst, cancer. And so I thought, well, it could be that. Or there's some some sort of bladder thing or stomach leakage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, or, you know, and I thought, prolapsed anus. If I have to go, not again, if I have to go on Facebook and yeah. say, sorry guys, I've... I've got really bad news, I'm really well. People are going to go, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon, aren't yeah. you? and lots of likes, people yeah. liking that. Although, here's a tip, actually, I did a bit of research, yeah. and uh, here's how to write your own obituary. There are a few tips okay. here it recommends. Yeah. See if, so, hit some to think about. Mm -hmm. So, um, just get started, it says. No matter how incomplete it is, it will always be a benefit to others. So, even if you start it, you don't get that far into it, at least you're leaving something for people. So, an obituary to is to, to big yourself up after you're gone. Yeah. Uh, say what life means to you, the part that might be the hardest for others to describe if you can't. So, you know, pressure. Tia Maria. Yeah, tea Maria, booze, <laughs> vodka. Find three words that you could aptly sum up your life with. What three words would you pick? Tired. Yeah. Hungry. <laughs> horny. Oh, mine's wet, wet, wet. But it's very similar. Yeah, I they think. are. Yeah, but, you know, similar. different inflection. Yeah. Uh, there's also six words, it says, but I think at that point you're stretching the idea. Mm. Use this project as an opportunity. You can, for example, use it to expand your work into a f longer memoir or family history that you can use to your descendants. Inspire yourself. Include a recent photograph. <laughs> That's my favourite <laughs> one. <laughs> I, th I would never do that. I would always give them the photograph of me looking my best in my late 20s. I want a photograph of me dead. Yeah. Like, come and get a picture of that. Yeah, one of those kind of, you know, yeah. crime scene websites. Yeah. Uh, leave your composition in a place where it can be easily found. Obviously, don't hide under the floorboards in a creaky old house. And make sure it's interesting and as meaningful as possible. That's a lot of pressure. It is. It is. <laughs> you I, know you're dying and you've got to make it interesting. My favourite one is by Spike Milligan. You yeah. know, on his tombstone, all it says is, I told you I was ill. Yeah, very good. Beautiful. I love that. Necographer. Wonderful. My word for you is nipple wart. Thank you. It is a cancer treatment. Speaking, I mean, it's a pretty morbid a podcast. Yeah, it is it? actually, isn't it? Cancer treatment has come a long way since the old days. Nipple wart is a flower native to Europe or Northern Asia that grows about a metre tall. 
Its actual name is Chelidonium, and it has hairy stems, don't we all? And mm. clear sap, don't we all? Um, <laughs> they used to put it on uh, people that had tumours. In the old days, Aww. they would go, that doth person doth have a doth tumour. Let's doth put a nipple wart on it and see what happens. Breast tumours, mainly. Well, it does contain some sort of analgesic. They use it to anaesthetise mice before they give them the old uh, injection. Really? Yeah. Uh, but in the old days, we would just pop one of these on your body and go, let's see what happens. We would just rummage around fields yeah. and go, J- let's just try it. You're dying. Let's just try it. Leaf, leaf, leaf. Give it in. two weeks, come back, tell me how you're feeling. I'm still going to die, but I feel yeah. better about it. Yeah, at I, least... I smell nicer. Yeah, at least there'll be flowers around your rotting yeah. body I mean, as you die. I mean, does the flower look like a nipple? It does a little bit. Because I can't imagine it's the best, like, you know, if you're facing the worst, and someone goes, I, I want to offer you the nipple, nipple wart. Big nipple. Like I would say, areola. yeah, a massive, that looks like, you know, an archery class's target. So there you go, there is something in it. If you feel that you've got a tumour and you can't get to the doctor, grab yourself a nipple wart. You'll find it in Europe and Northern Asia. Right, word number three for Word number three is noctambulation. Because I'm sitting in a radio studio. It's horrible, isn't it? With every single song available. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Imagination. Don't know that version. It's not. I mean, this is. (laughs) That's the uh, pub singing '80s classic. Oh, you got till the vocals start to tell me you think it is. That one. Um... Oh, imagination. I keep wanting to say Mirage, even though I know it's when not When you Mirage. sing, you half give me close the first your eyes. Give me, yeah. <laughs> give me the first letter of the band. or the singer. B. B for... B. Benadorm. Billy Idol. No, it's not Billy Idol. We're going off topic quite considerably at a... Oh. Belloisum. I would never have gotten that. So the word... Is noctambulation. <laughs> it means sleepwalking. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, yeah. That's what it means. It means sleepwalking. Early 18th century, from the Latin noct or noct to mean night, and ambulation from the word to walk. Um, I kind of liked it mainly because when I read the word, that song did pop into my yeah. head, and I thought that was the basis to include it in this pod, if nothing else. Although I did some research into famous sleepwalking cases, and there are few and shocking stories. There's yeah. a woman in Australia who would sleepwalk into bars, pick up men, and have sex. That old excuse. Um, who was is a, she? No, there's, the name wasn't mentioned in the article. Oh. There was a woman in Essex who would often sleep when she ate. Every night she would eat over 2,500 calories. That so, old excuse. Yeah, so during the day she had to go to the gym and work it off. This is the, another interesting one. A girl from Dulwich was found on a crane in a construction site. She had been sleepwalking and walk, managed to climb up 130 feet up across this crane <gasps> and 40 feet across the wow. actual arm of it. And the, uh, someone, they couldn't wake her up in case she woke with a startle and fell. Yeah. Off. So they have found their phone in their pocket, found a family, and then said, uh, we found your kid, yeah. she's up a crane, asleep. Uh, but the famous case, the one that people mostly tend to talk about, is a guy called Kenneth Parks, who was a uh, Canadian. He suffered in his insomnia, went through all kinds of horrible stuff with booze and gambling. Uh, on May 23rd, 1987, Parks got out of bed, he was asleep, drove 14 miles asleep into his in-law's house, asleep killed his mother-in-law, asleep injured his father with a tyre iron and a knife, and then drove himself asleep to the police station, hand himself in. Long story short, though, uh, he proved that it was all done under sleep, and he was found not guilty. You must be able to try that. Uh, There's been a few cases in its time. Sleep theft. Sleep... uh, Sleep punching your boss. uh, Sleep sleep shitting in the street. Well, there's no need... (laughs) You can just do that. Not in the park, though. <laughs> well, why would you want to do it? When, why would you want to do it outdoors? Because I'm sleep. I don't know. I'm sleepwalking. I get very easily put off by other things. I like a closed room. Yes, you, <laughs> curtains closed. So the word again, one more time. 
Noctambulation. Right. <laughs> and my final word, because I'm running out of time, so I haven't got a lot on this, is called the non-reacher. A non-reacher. I've done that act. It's breathtaking. Yeah, the non-reacher is someone who doesn't reach for their wallet when drinks or food have been ordered. For example, oh. they never pay for drinks. That's me. What do you like to do when when you are socialising, on the rare occasion when you are out with other people? Mm, um, do you like to... Here's what I like to do. I like to get the first round. Because then I can sit, I can go, I bought my mates a drink, I look like a hero, and then I can sit back and let the rest of the drinks come to me. You've given yourself a good an hour and a half at least, I yeah. reckon, when you buy the first round. Yeah. And also, you've got the sense of, when you get out of the way first, you're not dreading it coming around to you. Yeah. You're not seeing... It's like, you know... You just don't have that sense of dread of, oh, they all bought that stuff. And, and normally, by the time you've been around, so four or five, one of those people wants to go home. And then if you do buy the first round, you end up buying the second round, but you're driving, you can have a Coke, and then the, round, the second round becomes cheaper still. Yeah, true. I true think it's the perfect way to do it, all rushed, and then you're not called a non-reacher. Same with food, right? I will split every bill. Never, ever offer to pay for the whole thing. Unless, you're in, unless you owe somebody something, or you promise to take them out for a meal. Never do the whole kind of... No, I'll get this. No, it's always and if, Dutch. If somebody does, you go great. Yeah, because they're too stupid. I would love to date you because apparently <laughs> <laughs> you're very chivalrous. And yeah, they, so non-reacher. The only thing that would put you off though yeah. is to fight for the bar because it's not even every man for himself in a good way. Because you could be at the bar first. Somebody could clearly come in after you. You can see someone's there. The good thing to do is go. No, you were first. Yeah, but then it gets greedy. And that's the problem, is you've got to fight at the bar for your space. So you might think, well, I'll go last, or tactical drink buying, which is as soon as I see the bar go quiet, I'll jump in. That's the only time you shouldn't go first. Or stagger it. I often jump stagger in. on a night out. Just jump in when half the people are still finishing their yeah. drinks yeah. and some have already finished. You go, yeah. who wants a drink? And then half of them will say, oh, I'm still, I've still got this one. Yeah. And you go, oh, I'll get you one, Bob and yeah. Wendy and Carol too. first one, yeah. So um, there you go, non-reacher, never be one. This week on the Dictionary, a brand new random game, Paul Gannon with the letter N. It yep. is called Know Your Planet, Airport Codes Edition. Look, yes, hit me with this. Come on. All right. Five. You tell me, uh, I'll, I'll give you a point for the country and a point for the destination. And this is like all the little tags on suitcases that are the broken the countries down into three, three letters. Three letter words, yeah. Three yeah. of the airport codes. Here we go. New. N-E-W. N-E-W. I would say Newark. Is incorrect. Oh. New Orleans, a place called Lakefront. Oh. Uh, NES. The N NES. NES. Who gets that honour? Uh, NES, that would be Nest Cafe. Uh, it's a place in Africa, I believe. Wow, is incorrect. New York, the East 34th Street Landing. Oh. As a private uh, runway. Oh, so you're picking nice, obvious ones then for me to have a get at. So, yeah, go on, continue. NME. NME, um, that is going to be... NME, that's going to be New Manchester. No. United States. Yeah. A place called Night Mute. Right. Which is a That place. was my second guess. Sleepwalking uh, goes on quite a lot yeah, in Night Mute. Yeah, I imagine. Mute. Number four, you've got no points so far. Yeah, I'm beginning to see a pattern. Nom. 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 Like nom, nom, nom. Uh, that is Where going... Where are you going? I'm just flying to Nom. That's going to be Nomma. N-O-M-A. It's a small place <laughs> in the uh, Arizona desert that has gambling. No, but very close. It's the Nomad River in oh. Papua New Guinea. And finally, just for laughs, Nob. 
knob. Uh, that <laughs> is, I'm going to imagine, I don't know, but it's got a very impressive hanger. Uh, a place called Nosara in Costa Rica. Oh. So they go, Nunez, Enemy, Nom and Nob, just some of the end destinations on Know Your Planet, Airport Codes Edition. Time for the results of the word workout this week. An anagram of an N-word, the anagram was swanky or tedium. It's a UK football stadium, Paul Gannon, 30 seconds to work out which one starts now. Newcastle United. Nope. Then I'm out of... Hang on, let me have a think about that. Because <laughs> at least I had a you in. The name of the stadium, not the name of the football oh. club, the name of the stadium. Um... It's a football stadium in the UK, right? Yeah, swanky or tedium, anagram of an N UK football stadium. Okay. It's, I, I, not only am I against this because mentally I'm deficient, but also I know nothing, if anything, about football. It's a shame, really. Hello, I can't give you the offside rule. There's the irony. Right, we'll save that for next week's O, shall <laughs> yeah. we? Your anagram was swanky or tedium. The uh, football stadium you were looking for was New York Stadium. Oh! Smallest stadium in the championship. It is home to Rotherham United, a.k.a. the Millers. Oh! Uh, you just keep going, oh! I do! Because you couldn't care I, less, could I have you? nothing to add to this at all. It's been their home since 2012. They used to play at the Millmore, which was built in 1907 on the site of an old flour mill, which is why the nickname is the Millers. Uh, it's now named New York Stadium because of the area of land it was built on. And the chairman went, God, bound to get loads of revenue from America if we do that. Not a single penny. Wow. <laughs> Nothing in four years. Uh, the West Stand at the New York Stadium is called the Eric Twig Pucker Pie Stand. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> that is the best I've ever heard of. Total capacity, 12,021. Good. Uh, which is palindromic. Or is whatever it? the number well, one two oh two one. Yeah, whatever that number. I don't know if you can do numeric parandromes, but I'm gonna take it. It is a thing, but I don't know what the name is. Uh, who do you think are the honorary presidents of Rotherham United? That's gonna be famous. I'm, duo. Gonna, I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> Cannon and Ball. <laughs> Little and large. No. Uh them team make the peace. Cuckle brothers. <laughs> You know what? I once did a, a, a little theatre tour once, and every single theatre had a panto picture, and every single panto picture yeah. at one point had a Chuckle Brother in it. They are virulent. I'm looking forward to the Chuckle Brothers adapting their routine for when the second Twins movie comes out. Because, of course, they're going to put Eddie Murphy in it, so I envisage a third black Chuckle Brother. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> people, let's make this happen. A natty Chuckle Brothers. Oh, <laughs> let's make this happen. Thing. And that'll do it for this week's Fictionary. Thank you so much for listening to the uh, Bittersweet End. If you like us, uh, hey, give us a review on iTunes. It only takes a couple of minutes. Click five stars. Give us a few words. You can do that on iTunes, or you can like us on the audio boom. I would say this week, Paul Gannon, the uh, Fictionary has been Neckbeard. Right, and I consider it reasonably niffy. <laughs> this show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.